Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel, where you will receive the essential tools to take your faith to the next level. I am your host, Brian Ratliff, and I currently pastor Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Here is the latest message preached from one of our services. Grab your Bible, pen, notepad, and get ready to jumpstart your faith. I would like to draw your attention this morning to verse number 19. If you can walk away with any statement or any phrase or anything from this message, I want you to walk away with the very last statement in verse number 19. It says this, Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Would you read that with me out loud? Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And let's do it one more time, please. Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Today I want to just label my thoughts today with three words found in verse number 19. In fact, the very last three words, depart from iniquity. By means of introduction, we know that we live in a fallen world. The Bible tells us back in the book of Genesis that Adam and Eve disobeyed God's command of eating the garden from Eden. And since that day, we have lived in a sin-cursed world. The Bible says in the book of Romans, Wherefore, as by one man centered into the world, and death by sin, and so that death is passed upon all, for all have sinned. The question comes up, why is there disease? Why is there death? Why is there suffering? There is disease, death, and suffering, and always will be because of sin until Jesus Christ comes and establishes His earthly kingdom. Today, I'm sure you've seen the news. And may I say this today? If I ever strike it rich and become a billionaire, please punch me in the face if I ever do some of the crazy nonsense that our world is doing today. And let me say this today, that there is no amount of money in this world that can buy you out of God's judgment of sin. The only thing that could ever get you out of the judgment of sin to come is through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Here we have an admonition from Paul the Apostle to young Timothy to run and flee from sin. But that's not what our world does today. Our world, instead of embracing a holiness lifestyle, embraces an unholy lifestyle. Today is a charge and an admonition to our congregation to depart to run, to flee from sin. What did Joseph do back in the Old Testament? We can learn a lot from the Old Testament. I know we, we hear our society say, well, the Bible was written thousands of years ago. It's a little outdated, and what can we learn from it? Well, the Bible tells us that Joseph was a man who was upright, who was just, who was living in a manner that pleased God but you know, he didn't have all life full of roses. He experienced a few thorns. And his brothers sold him off into slavery. He finds himself not just in a pit, but then in a prison. And then the reason why he was in a prison is because Potiphar's wife, who he was serving underneath the leadership of, tried to, to uh, force him to lay with her and to sleep with her. But he refused and he ran from the temptation. We are, we are faced all sorts of temptations today, not just sexual temptation, but, but all sorts of them. And today, it's just a reminder here from this passage that Paul is reminding this young comrade in the Lord's army to run from sin. The key statement is found in verse number 19 of this text. In fact, I believe that these several verses that we're studying today can be summarized with the very last statement. 
Let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Today, I want to ask and answer this question. How can we depart from iniquity or run from sin? I wrote down, first of all, from verses 14 through 15, I wrote down this first statement, first of three that I want to share with you. Depart from iniquity by studying God's word of inspiration. Depart from iniquity by studying God's word of inspiration. Look at verse number 14. Verse number 14 kind of connects the last few verses that we've been looking at to these next few verses. But then let's zoom in on verse number 15. Say the word study with me. Study. Say it out loud, please. Study. One more time, please. Study. The word study is a very serious word. When you, when you are going up, when you're growing up from kindergarten all the way to 12th grade, you have to study for an examination. You go in, you, 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 you read the material that, that's found in the textbook. Then you read the material that, from the presentations that you're given. When you go off to college, you have to do the same thing. And you, if you don't study, unless you're extremely smart, you may not pass the test. And here, and the Bible says here, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, I know I'm a pastor. And as a pastor, we tend to dedicate our life and our ministry to studying God's word. But I'm here to tell you today that... It's every Christian's responsibility to devote their life to the studying of God's Word. Wouldn't it be great if we knew more about the Word of God than we do about movies? Wouldn't it be great today if we knew more about the Word of God than we did music? Wouldn't it be great today if we knew more about the Word of God than we did sports or athletes or anything else this world says? Listen, there's nothing wrong with movies. There's nothing wrong with music. There's nothing wrong with athletes. But when we know more about them than we do about the Word of God, our priorities are not in the right spot. Here the Bible says study. It's a direct command from God. Now, of course, Paul's writing to Timothy, and Timothy's going to be preaching and serving in a local church, very similar to myself and Brother Dave and Brother Andrew and some of the other pastors in our church. But I believe that this verse goes a little bit further than just Paul to Timothy. I believe this verse is written from the Holy Spirit of God to me and you today. Depart from sin by studying God's word of inspiration. Yeah, you know, maybe if we would get our... Noses in the Word of God, we would figure out that there is this thing called a conscience. And that when we, are, when we are continually in sin, that when we are receiving God's Word, whether like this or in our own personal devotions, then God is going to convict us of our sin. I wrote down this thought. When you study the Word, you are approved by God. When you study the Word, you are approved by by God. Now, I think it's important that we read the Bible and study the Bible. But, you know, I can't share with you from the scriptures that you have to have a Bible reading schedule and plan. I think that if we don't have a Bible reading schedule and plan, more than likely, we will not spend time in God's Word. But I can tell you this, that I may not be able to tell you there's a direct command from God's Word to read the Bible every day, but I can tell you this, that there is a direct command from this verse right here, that God is calling us and commanding us to study His Word. And when we study God's Word, we are approved by God. Look at the verse. It says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. This word approved, it literally means this. One who is accepted by God. I wonder if we would just ask ourselves this question. From a scale of 1 to 10, how are we doing in our study of God's Word? 
I'm not asking you today if you have a bachelor's degree in biblical studies. I'm not asking you today if you have a master's degree in theological studies or a master of arts in religion or a master of divinity or a PhD in theology. I'm simply asking you today, how's the study of God's word in your personal life? If the only time we open up God's word and study it is right here in a worship service, then maybe we need to reconsider our relationship with the word of God. You know, the opposite is true. I said, when we study God's word, we are approved by God. But when we do not study God's word, we are not approved by God. So one who chooses to deliberately not study the word of God is choosing to not be accepted by God. You know, the, we say this all the time, but the only way to ever receive salvation is by the study of God's Word. Whether you're hearing God's Word preached or you're reading it for yourself, the Bible says, in fact, Paul said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The only way we can ever receive salvation is through the Word of God because the Word of God declares to us that Jesus died, that Jesus rose, and He's coming back again, and all those who put their faith and trust in Him have eternal life. And when we study this Word... We receive that good news of salvation. But let's move forward. It says, study to show thyself approved unto God. We've looked at how we're approved by God when we study His Word. But now check it out now. The very next phrase says, a workman that needs not to be ashamed. Would you say ashamed with me on three? One, two, three. Ashamed. Say it one more time, please. Ashamed. I wrote down this. When you study the Word, you will never be ashamed of God. When you study the Word, you will never be ashamed of God. Paul said, for I am not ashamed of the, of the gospel he said, it's the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believes. The Bible says, in fact, Jesus said that if we are ashamed of God and his word, then when we stand before God, he will be ashamed of us. Perhaps we live in an age where Christians are more ashamed of the word of God than ever before. You know, it's interesting. We have over 150 translations of the Bible in the English language, but we're still the most, I believe, the most illiterate age in the church when it comes to our knowledge and study of the Word of God. I believe that even though we have all access to all this knowledge about the Word of God on our cell phones and the internet and all these translations, we are still the ones who perhaps are the most ashamed of God and His Word. Now today it's not a sermon to beat you up or to beat me up, but listen, sometimes when the Word of God is being declared, it cuts us right to the core. We have to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves in our relationship with God. You know, the Bible is the only book that you can take to a school system and set it down and controversy will come. I, I didn't understand, Brother Dave, that if I would have took the, the Muslim scriptures, the Quran to Franklin County High School, that, hey, big deal. I, I never understood that if I could take uh, the satanic Bible and bring it to school, no big thing. But when you bring the word of God to the school system and you start sharing people, hey, here's what God's word says, then it causes controversy. Perhaps the reason why it causes controversy is because it is God's word and the devil doesn't like God's word, so he's trying to stir people away from it. Listen, it's time that we live unashamed lives for Jesus Christ. No matter whether we're in the public school, whether we're on our jobs or whether we're walking downtown Roanoke. When you study the word, you are approved by God. You will never be ashamed of God. But then I also wrote on this. When you study the word, 
you will rightly divide the word of God. Look, it says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed. Check it out, last phrase. Rightly dividing the word of truth. I always find it interesting that when people are searching for a church home, there's, there's, there's a couple things at the top of their list. And normally, one of the most important aspects when somebody's church, searching out for a church home is the music. Now, I, would, I love music. But I would be perfectly fine if we never sung another song in our church services again. Because, listen, when we gather together, it's not about music. It's about the message of God's Word. God's Word is supreme. And listen, I know style of worship is, is debated and all this different stuff. And, and music is important. But music is not the main thing. The main thing is when we open up the Word of God and preach it. And you say, well, why do you say that, Brother Brian? Well, have you ever read the New Testament? Have you ever read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts all the way through the Pauline epistles and all the way through the New Testament? Can you show me any time in the New Testament when they got together and they were really concerned about the style of their worship and which instruments they were using and, and the songs they were singing? It doesn't happen. The Bible does say occasionally that they sang a hymn in the Gospels after they had the Lord's Supper. But throughout the Acts of the Apostles, it's never mentioned. Perhaps, perhaps the modern church is more concerned about the music that's being presented than the messages that's being preached. Perhaps the reason why the modern church is so scattered theologically is because we haven't opened up the Word of God to discover what God's Word says about theology. Wonder why a lot of Christians can't fully explain salvation, can't fully explain how there's different dispensations throughout history that God has worked. Now, I know that you may not consider yourself to be a dispensationalist, and maybe you don't understand what that means, but all what that means is simply this, is that throughout the history of humanity, God has demonstrated His truth and His Word and dealt with people in different ways in different ages. For example, you have to believe in at least a few different dispensations. That is, you go back to the very beginning. God spoke audibly to the people in the Garden of Eden. And then he gave his, after the flood, he gave his law, written form. Then he spoke through the prophets. And now he speaks through the very full canon of God's word. Now we're in the New Testament. So you have a time before the law, after the law, a time when Jesus came, and now the church age. We are in the church age or dispensation. And perhaps the reason why the modern church is so confused and doesn't understand all this stuff is because they just haven't opened up the word of God and read it. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Maybe the reason why people are so, so confused about how somebody gets saved is because they have forgotten to read the letter of Paul to the Roman church about how salvation is by faith and not through works. Depart from iniquity by studying God's word of inspiration. Perhaps those billionaires the other day would have done some good if they would have read God's word about what it says about prostitution and all this crazy stuff. Study God's word and you'll depart from iniquity. Look at verses 16 through 18. I wrote on secondly, depart from iniquity by staying away from fruitless conversation. Depart from iniquity by staying away from fruitless conversation. We've looked so far about studying God's word, but now the important aspect of shunning or staying away from fruitless or meaningless conversations. Look at the, these next few verses, verses 16 through 18. It says, but shun. This word shun is an interesting word that we really don't like to use today in our modern English language, but literally it means to keep away from. It means to avoid. 
And here, if I could just change the, the wording of the text, it, it literally means, but avoid profane and vain babblings. But run away from profane and vain babblings. For they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doth the canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. I wrote on this. Depart from iniquity by staying away from fruitless conversation. Here's what I wrote down. As I read verse 16, I wrote down this thought. Reject profane and vain conversations. I don't know about you, but I'm about sick and tired of watching TV shows and movies of them pridefully taking God's name in vain. I don't know about you, but I am beyond disgusted of the filth just in the language that is being promoted through Hollywood. Wouldn't it be great if, if, if Hollywood would go back to the old Andy Griffith shows where, where, hey, they had clean episodes and clean stuff. Today, we live in an age where people embrace crazy, profane, and vain conversations. You know, last year I decided I was going to try Ubering and, and lifting for, for a little bit for a few weeks. And yeah, it was interesting. But you know what I, was, what I was disgusted with? I was tired of all these medical professionals, doctors, lawyers, these high-end people in, in Roanoke who dropped the F-bomb and said God's name in vain in my car. Well, as long as they tip me, they could say whatever they wanted to. <laughs> Just kidding. But listen, isn't it crazy that, that all these people who have all this education, all these degrees, and are practicing all this different stuff in our world, have a mouth that is worse than a sailor out on the sea. Today, I submit to you that I'm rejecting profane and vain conversations. May God help us not to embrace profane. This literally means wicked conversations and vain babblings. Fruitless conversation is something that we need to avoid. Also, I wrote down this. As I read verse 17, I wrote down here. Reject deconstructive conversations. Not just profane and vain conversations, but also deconstructive conversations. Wouldn't it be great that, that we as a body of believers, instead of tearing each other down, we would just build each other up? I mean, isn't that what the gospel's about, is encouraging each other uh, and helping each other out? Reject deconstructive conversations. It would be awesome if we were known in the Roanoke Valley as a body of believers that, that even in our business meetings, we encouraged each other in the Lord that we helped each other in our relationship with God. Listen, we've heard too many times of churches of instead of building each other up, they're tearing each other down. And here, the Bible says that the conversation found by these two individuals were so severe that it tore each other apart and destroyed them. Now, I know that you might be thinking, well, words can't do much harm. Well, actually it can. We've all said things that we should not have said to people that, that we care about and we love. It's time that we confess that and we reconcile that and we live this moment forward building each other up. You know, have you ever stopped to think that it takes a whole lot longer to build a building than it does to tear one down. We could spend the next 30 some years 
building each other up here in the household of faith at Clearbrook. But it only take one conversation to tear it all down. It only take one business meeting, one deacon's meeting to tear it all down. So may God help us to not ever allow the devil to walk in in those areas. I wrote down reject profane and vain conversations, reject deconstructive conversation, but then I also wrote down this as I read verse 18. Reject falsified conversations. Here we see that the Bible teaches in the resurrection how in the future there's going to be a day where the just and the unjust are going to be resurrected and there we're going to all meet with the Lord and we're going to, we're going to all be judged. But here the Bible says that these two individuals, Hymenaeus and Philetus, they were going around saying that the resurrection has already passed and it hadn't. And so as I read this, I just simply thought about this. Let's reject falsified conversations. That is, when, when somebody teaches something that's contrary to word, the Word of God, let's reject it. I mean, we can do it in a compassionate but yet courageous way. That is, if somebody comes and they start gossiping or slandering somebody else's name to you, let, let's just pause and let's reject that. And by the way, if somebody gossips to you about somebody else, they're going to gossip about you to somebody else. <laughs> Slander and gossip is something that God utterly hates. They murmured in the Old Testament and thousands were killed. I'm not saying that if you murmur about me or your neighbor sitting there next to you in the pew that God's going to strike you dead. But listen to me, you better, you, better, you better be careful about what you're saying about somebody else if it's not true. Reject falsified conversations. Depart from iniquity by staying away from fruitless conversation. Depart from iniquity by studying God's word of inspiration. And now, may I draw your attention now to verse 19. I believe all of this leads up to the climax verse and statement found at the end of verse 19. But as I read this passage, I wrote down this third thought in verse number 19. Depart from iniquity by standing on God's sure foundation. Depart from iniquity by standing on God's sure foundation. The Bible says, nevertheless, the foundation of God stand is sure. Having this seal... The Lord knoweth them that are His. And let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. As I read the first part of verse 19, I wrote on this thought. I will stand on the foundation of Jesus Christ. We didn't plan this, but we sang on Christ the solid rock. I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. Jesus was talking in His Sermon on the Mount. And one of the last things he said in that message was that there's going to be some who's going to build their house on sand. And when the storm comes, their house will fall. But there will be some who will build their house upon a rock. And when the storm comes and when the, when the rain comes down, their house is going to stand. I believe he was giving us a picture that all those who do not build their life upon the rock of Jesus Christ, their life will sink down. But all those who build their life on the rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee, will see a house that will never, ever fall. Church, today I submit to you that I'm going to stand on the foundation of Jesus Christ. I'm going to make him the cornerstone of not just my life, but I think we should make him, which he already is, and keep him the cornerstone of this church family. He is the reason why we're here today. He is the reason why we sing. He is the reason why we preach. He is the reason why we come and worship today. I will stand 
not just on the foundation of Jesus Christ, but as I read the second part here, I noticed it said, having this seal, the Lord knows them that are his. I wrote on this. I will stand on the foundation that God knows my name. <laughs> you know, years ago I was studying Bible college and uh, I was 19 years old and I met one of my favorite preachers. He was the pastor of a big mega church and, and the, the chancellor of the college. And I transferred and came down to, to Crown College in Tennessee and he came down and preached. And so I walked up to him and I said, hey brother, so and so, I don't know if you remember me or not, but I was a student up at your school for about a year and um, I really appreciate your ministry. And he said, well, I'm sure I should remember you, but I'm sorry I don't. Now I'm nobody important, that's for sure. But that made me not like him. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, it's interesting. There's going to be people that you're going to forget about. There's going to be people that are going to forget about you. But today I'm glad that Jesus Christ knows my name. And he's never going to forget about me. He knows the hairs that are on your head. He knows the hairs that have left your head. He knows everything about you. And today I am standing on the fact that Jesus Christ knows my name. And he's known my name since before the world ever existed. He knew my name before I was ever in my mama's belly. He knew my name. And he knows your name too. As I read the last part, it says, our key statement today, let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. I wrote on this, I will stand on the foundation that God can forgive my sins. Today, from this passage, we've taken a pretty hard stand and a pretty firm stand about God's word and what it says about sin. But I want you to know this, that it doesn't matter what you've done in your lifetime. It doesn't matter what you've said. It doesn't matter anything that's transpired yesterday. God is able to take that sin and he's able to wipe it clean. God is able to take a, a heart that is blackened and darkened by the deceitfulness of sin and cleanse it and wipe the clay clean. We sing that song around here, what can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The Bible tells us that he can take our sin and cast it as far as the east is from the west. The Bible says he can take it and cast it all the way to the bottom of the very ocean from the book of Micah. Today, church, today, my friend, today, my fellow brothers and sisters, if you've sinned against God, there's forgiveness found in him. You know, a good credit score will get you access to a lot of money. I have all these credit cards in my wallet here. And I'd tell you, I, I don't know what it all amounts to, but, you know, it's, it's a, more than what I got, that's for sure. But anyways, you know, it doesn't matter if I use my Discover It card. It doesn't matter if I use my Chase Freedom card or any of the other cards here. There's no amount of money that I could pay God to wipe away my sin. One of these days, our world's going to figure that out. You know, you might be able to do well in life and accumulate a lot of money. And it'll, it'll get you out of the, the court of law. It'll get you out of going to jail if you commit a crime. But let me tell you something. 
It doesn't matter if you're a multi-billionaire or trillionaire. You'll never buy your way into heaven. The only way is by bowing your knee and confessing your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith, 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you and have a great week.